fucking there we go. Well, pilgrims, it's been another 168. So sit on down, load up your corn cob pipe, crack a beer. Let's chew on some fucking trail dust together for a couple minutes. How about it? All right. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to episode 83. Keep your eyes on the dirt. I don't want to get shot in the balls. <laughs> Today's guest, we have James Burns. How you Fuck doing yeah. today? Doing awesome, guys. I, I love the I love your promo. Your your uh, whatever that is, just with the introduction. I, I love it. So so well done, guys. Bravo, bravo. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. That's, that's all. That's all due to. Freaking John's John John's hard work and uh, Joe Joe as our producer does like a lot of that stuff. John John put that whole thing together. He got the rights to the music, you know. And and at the end of the day, the world can suck our dicks. So that's yeah. like, that's exactly how we that's exactly how we roll here. Well, so. I, 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 you can see the hard work. People don't realize how much work it takes to do something like that. That's why I want to acknowledge it. You guys, it's, it's great. It's a great promo. Great intro. Yeah. Thank you. Thank oh you. yeah. And to you know to start off everywhere, Jay. Take the take the reins. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, just wanted yeah, wanted to thank everybody, thank everybody for joining us. Uh, James, thank you very, very much for coming. Like you are a gentleman and a scholar. Like I can't wait. I cannot wait to like, you know, dig into like well, some of the meat and potatoes in your world, dude. Like seriously, let, like let, let's make let's wait till after the interview before you say gentleman and scholar. Let, let's let's see. <laughs> <laughs> let's hey, hold judgment on that for a little. I wasn't. I was I was in the infantry, so maybe maybe uh, my my uh, my definition uh, might be a little bit different than uh, than uh, maybe the the scholarly definitions, right? Of uh, of gentleman and scholar. So so we'll see, we'll see. You see, you, you seem like a man of uh, of wealth and taste. So I can't wait to freaking to dig in. So this is, this again is again, these are things. They may be lyrics from a Rolling Stones song, but really they don't apply. So <laughs> yep, yeah, and you know. And and guys, uh, how was your week? How was your week, Joe? Did Joe? Did you did did you do too much this week? So this week was actually a really really long week for me. Um, at work we had a go live. Um, because I do IT support in the healthcare industry, and we uh -huh. just switched over around about three hundred of our health centers 
from each one using their own electronic medical record system of choice to Epic. Um, one of the biz- biggest go lives for a um, private medical company in Epic's uh-huh. history. So I pretty much all week was working 6 a.m. till 8, 9 o'clock at night trying to uh, trying to keep my team and help the other leads keep their teams in check. Um, outside of that, I mean, the most other things I did was I think we met, maybe me and John met four or five times this week just going you, through – you guys play any games or were you just doing like tech, like all the techie stuff? He's trying we were, to get me to play Gotham Knights. I well, I'm, trying really. to get, I'm trying to get John to play Gotham Knights, but he keeps avoiding buying the game. Um, it's almost to the point where I'm just going to gift it to him because I really want him to play the game. Um, I actually had a buddy offer to gift me uh, the new Call of Duty this week, and I was like, bro, just hang on to it for a minute. Like, just, just chill out, chill out. Well, I, I uh, that, did the Gotham Knights TV show, so... I got I got a pitch in here somewhere. I'm sitting here, guys are having all the fun talking. I actually auditioned for this new <laughs> TV show coming. I auditioned for that. Really? Oh, nice. Is that, is that, are you, are that... you allowed to say? Are you allowed to say what character you auditioned for? I cannot. <laughs> Gotta uh, love those NDAs, don't you? Sucks, he, bro. I, he was not a good guy. He's a bad. He's kind of a quasi bad guy. But let me. All right. If, if, if it's any type of a mafio, mafioso, like you got the voice for it, so I'll give you that. Ah, you I'll go. give you that. If, if it's if it's any one of those guys, like you, definitely sound like you could play a good Goomba. You know what I mean? Like, hey, know? hey, hey! Listen, I spent twenty years in New York City. Let me tell you about Goombas. All right, hey, <laughs> Joey, Joey Lamantia he got dead on the street last weekend. Trust me, we got Goomba here. Yeah, there you I go. Fucking love this guy. <laughs> love this guy. And, yeah, I, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I'm assuming that this is for the HBO show that they're working on, and there, there's Dude, been a lot of I, 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 lot of weird I, I, stuff. I'm going here on. wishing I hadn't fucking said it in the first place. Now, yeah, yeah, no, no, and that's okay. Uh, fucking NDA. Here uh, you go. That's that, that's my middle name, James C. Violating his fucking NDA burns. Oh, it's all <laughs> we we pretty much pirate everything we fucking do on this fucking on this uh, on this show. So don't don't feel bad in the least. Like. We we're all we're all like basically one step away from being hobos, so it's all good. Like we, 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 we <laughs> I'm just one, I'm just one bad decision from being under a bridge. I do that, you know. I, I live in LA, and when I drive under bridges and stuff, and see the homeless guys, I go, I am I'm like two bad decisions away from being right there. You know, it, 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 it's 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 real amazing how quick life life will like just kick your dick in so hard that you're just down on your knees like humbled. You know what I mean? And it's like, and it'll do it to you like out of nowhere. You know, just right out of nowhere. Well, that's, you know? that's why I have a girlfriend. She does that yeah, every day. Right? I'm telling you, dude. Me. Does Mr. Burns game? Yes, he does. I, I game on Twitch. I started I started my first I started my first video game ever. I started playing about a month ago on Twitch. And oh, I've never yeah, picked I I've, I've never actually played the game for real, and I got my first two kills the last time I played. So and, so, uh, so what what's your uh, what's your Twitch name? Oh, it's uh, James C. Burns. Okay. Your, I, I apologize. It, what was the game you played? Uh, oh, it's Warzone. Oh, Warzone. nice, nice, nice. Yeah, nice. Right in Warzone. Um, I have a great. My community's fucking awesome. They they really kind of they all gathered around me. So let's try to keep me alive. And my fear is that I I'm really fucking bad at it. I mean, I, I could for the first two games I I didn't I didn't find out that I have a PS4. So you got you direct yourself with the with the right hand. 
I thought he had it all doing the left hand. So I, I kept going in circles because I couldn't make my guy move. It was awful. We've all I, been there, brother. I'd be, I would, I'd be dead before I hit the ground. I get the ground. I run in circles. I run into walls. And people just killing me left and right. You know, but uh, I, I kind of figured a few things out. But it was just, I felt bad for the people playing with me because, like, I want to hold my weight. I want to carry my, you know, I want to keep my end up. I don't want to have to be the guy you got to keep reviving every three and a half seconds, you know. But I had a great community. They really made it fun for me. So that's awesome. I'm, I'm happy about that. Now, now the question is, though, when you're playing and you're you're communicating with your team, if you're playing in a team match, are you doing the voice of Sergeant Frank Woods? Well, this kind of is the voice. I don't. Woods yeah. is not. Your voice it, is the voice. <laughs> well, it, I mean, yes, but in a situation, it depends on the situation. When it's amped up, you know, I get. Nurse Batshit, where's my smokes? That's how I talk. And it's fucking horrible because I talk to my girlfriend. I go, hey, and she says, you can't talk to a woman like that. You know? <laughs> yeah, we're. So, hey, James, it's not 1950, bro. 1950 anymore. You got to, you know, you guys a little bit, you know? Well, like, that's, that's the thing. I got I to gotta make sure that I don't bring, because it's just amplified, me amplified, right? And I got to, it's like, but it's, that's me. Like, I, I was a jock. I grew up as an athlete, played hockey. I was, you know, I've been around guys all my whole Fuck life, yeah. you know, either what's job your, sites, what, wait, sports. Where, where, where are you from? What's your, uh, what's your favorite team? Well, I'm from Western Massachusetts. Uh, so are you a Bruins Grumpy fan? Bob, you are a fan. What? Are you a Bruins fan? Bruins. <laughs> I was, I, I, I became a fan of players. Because what happened is when I came up okay. through, the Bruins were the Bruins forever. So then all of a sudden it became, they have a guy for a couple of years. Then they traded Bobby Orr and they brought in Brad Park, who was like the, the and then all of a sudden he got confused because he had, wait a minute, Espo's not playing for the Rangers. I got confused. So I, I became a Rangers fan and I found myself <laughs> yeah. following players as opposed to following teams. Like, I'll, I'll, like some players mm -hmm. I really like and I like, you know, I'll follow them. So that's where I'm at now. I follow players. Like, I love, you know, Connor McDavid. I love, you know, Johnny Gaudreau. Fantastic. And there's so many great hockey players in the NHL. I don't really follow teams. You know, I just follow players around. Yeah. That's really yeah. cool. There, there are a lot so of good you, players. Are, I was going to say, who are, you, who are you following now? Like, who are some of your favorites right now? Like, the season kind of just, just started uh, ramping up, so. Well, okay. I, I've always loved Austin Matthews up in Toronto. Uh, Connor McDavid is is like that's a whole other planet. That's Gretzky like talent. Uh, G Johnny Gaudreau, uh, this uh, Cam McCarr, Kale McCarr from Denver. Of course, anybody Denver has a great team. Um, as much as I hate to say it, I, I really think Ovechkin's fun. I I, I begrudgingly watch Ovechkin play because he's just he's a beast. He's a freaking beast. Been around um, for a while too. Big fan. I was a big fan of Pavel Datsuk. I, I love a lot of the Russians, the Czechs. I mean, I, there's so many guys. I watch highlight hockey now. I don't like football. I watch like red zone. I just watch highlight hockey. Watch the best goals. And That's great. His, I don't have time to sound. Nothing wrong. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Well, if we got New Jersey Devils fan here, Joe Poe. I'm a Devils fan too. Yeah, we got the Rangers. Well, fan back, with, um, back when they yeah, yeah Gomez Danico days, I was a big fan. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, hockey. Hockey's great. I mean, I'm more like myself. I'm more of a baseball fan. You know, but I, I, I see your perspective. Like, I find myself, like, looking at other players, like, 
like seeing one guy go to like San Francisco. Oh, I'm like, okay, well, you, like you know, okay, I like this guy in San Francisco. I guess I'm gonna watch San Francisco a little bit to see how this guy does. So I, it's a, it's an interesting mm-hmm. perspective when you're a fan of sports in general. Yeah, yeah. I again, I I I like. There's a certain quality I like in an athlete. The, the most like I, I I'm not a big fan of the selly thing anymore. It's just kind of it's almost like taking away the 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 value of the goal. Like, you know, back in the day with a guy, I, I just like, yeah, celebrate it. But the, the dance is not that I, I know that's, I know it's entertainment, but I'm like, come on guys, just get back to the, that goal. Like, like when you watch football and some teams losing, you know, by 50 points in a defensive player makes a, you know, sacks the quarterback and he thumps around, dude, you're getting your ass handed to you. Why are you doing a dance after, <laughs> after you made a tackle and you're losing by 40 points? What the fuck? You know, that kind of stuff. I'm like, mm, I think I got, I think I got old. I think I got old. Uh, one, uh, we, ha- Michael Aurelius asks, who's your top goalie right now? Ah, uh, boy, the, um, I don't know names. Like the, the guy from the guy from the lightning is amazing. The guy from the Rangers is great, and whoever whoever played for the uh, Denver with Denver, I, I, I don't I don't follow the game enough anymore to know who the new guys are. But I, when I see things, I go, "Wow, that guy's that guy's talented." But the thing is, hockey is is become such a talented sport. I mean, there's nobody who's not a really good athlete anymore. Back in the day, you get a guy who was there because you know Willie Uber. He's six six. You know, he, he, he could, he's a turnstile. He could barely turn, but, you know, now like, everybody can play. You, you, and you, when you watch college hockey, I can barely tell the difference between the guys going up because they're all so skilled and so talented. So the, game got, the, the game got way, like, way faster paced, even though they kept the, 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 the scoring. The scoring itself almost stayed the same throughout the years, almost. It's a little bit higher now, but barely. But the, but the game itself got way faster paced. Like way faster pace. I don't know how they did that. Increase the pace of the game, but the scoring stayed. That's how good goalies are now. Basically, is like goalies are goalies yeah, now. A, it's basically, a testament to the to the position of goalie in the sport well, of it's hockey. It's a testament you know? to the way they're being trained. I mean, the, yeah, again, absolutely, absolutely. The, the learning curve, yeah. like back in the day when I was playing. Campbell Graham, uh, good morning, brother. Good morning. When I was a kid, as a kid, we had to earn our pucks. We had like skate hard for 45 minutes and the reward was you get the stick handle for five minutes well how the fuck are you going to develop your skills if you you know it's like we had to earn our water all right you got to run for an hour then we'll give you a sip of water like it's somehow right. you yep. know getting water and time trying to learn how to stick handle was a gift as right. opposed to a necessity and that's all been reversed now i mean these kids are i've been watching training videos and they're doing things now as a standard, like, like, like with basketball, all of a sudden it became an aerial game, right? Yep. Well, hockey's now that it's all that uh, lacrosse kind of movements. Yeah. And it's like, but it's not accidental. These kids are spending hours every day mm-hmm. practicing these skills. And now they're just second nature. You know, guys are picking the puck up and throwing it in the net. That's happens almost every game. Now it becomes commonplace. Right. So, yeah. and then just basically the, uh, I think, because it's such a, a difficult sport, kids are dropping out sooner. So only the best are really sticking around. Because I think, like, if you watch Little League, Little League Baseball. It's a very interesting it's, observation. It's a very it's interesting falling, observation. It's falling apart because everything's professionalized. If, if baseball is not going to give you a college uh, scholarship, kids are just dropping off. It's easier to play a video game. So 
and with hockey is such an expensive sport to play that if you don't see the talent there right away, you're, your parents are investing ten, fifteen, sometimes twenty-five thousand dollars a year for you to play hockey. There's got to be a result. There's got to be a, a, a <laughs> there's got to be some type of remuneration because if your family's putting a quarter of a million dollars into you playing hockey, you better get a fucking college scholarship, <laughs> scholarship, right? But that's so youth sports have become professionalized, you know, and that's a, it's yeah. it's just a sign of the times. But I think. That's why hockey is so elevated, and there's coaches for everything. And you've got a stick handling coach, you've got a power skating coach, you've got a, a breakout coach. You have, and the coaching is just better and better and better. So I just that's great. We've got an, interesting, got an interesting question from uh, Deshaun Myers here. He, he wants to know: Is there a specific song that gets your blood pumping uh, to get you into voicing characters? Great question. I actually built an entire uh, playlist for Black Ops One. And really? it's, uh, yeah, it's, what yeah, you got I, on there, dude? I've always Ooh. used, I've always used music as a way to find character, um, mm-hmm. to create mood because it's vibration of, and emotions are vibrations. So when I can affect the vibrations of my body, like we're all like, we are all like antennas. We receive vibration. We can block it or resist it, but we can be affected by what we let in. And most of my struggle as an actor has been vulnerability. How do I come become vulnerable? Because without vulnerability, nobody gives a fuck about you. you. Even when you have a badass character, you gotta feel like there's, you gotta understand why they're there. You know, the best villains are the ones you feel bad for. The ones you're kind of rooting for, because, ah, oh, this poor bastard, you know? You know so, yep. And so music does that, and I had a lot of credence, a lot of stones, um, a, lot of, uh, a lot of music from the 60s, which I basically grew up with. Sure. More or less. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and I just had the soundtrack that Woods would have had. What was some what are some what are some of your favorites from, from Creedence and the Stones? Because I'm a uh, I'm well a, of I'm course big on Fortunate Sun, uh Down Around the Corner, um uh, Stones Satisfaction, Hendrix, you know, the uh, with the fame anything Hendrix didn't um God, no, I can't remember the see now you asked me questions, I can't fucking remember. All, all, all along the all along the watchtower, wind Watchtower. Yeah, you know, like purple war, haze, you know, war. Yeah, good God to die for. What yeah. is you know all these great sixties, sixties and seventies protests. Yeah. You know, it's just it was just any Vietnam film that you hear a soundtrack. That's what I had going, and that's what I did. I had a routine, man. I come in, and I get I, and I, you know I was a big I was a big personality on set because I really didn't give a fuck. I had no idea what was going on. I just thought this was a gig. That I make a few bucks with, and I'm on. Because I was working a lot of TV shows. I had films lined up. I done had done the Viagra commercial. I had all this shit nice. going on. So nice. I wasn't. Which character? I wasn't making a lot of. I didn't get paid a lot of money <laughs> to make Black Ops. This wasn't which which character? Which, which character did you play on the Viagra commercial? I gotta ask. I'm the guy. I'm the, I am the guy in the Camaro. You saw me <laughs> every day. If you watch, ever watch a football game between 2000, 2010 and 2016, you saw my my ass in a green Camaro. You know, I, I have actually. There's so I had. I don't. I, mean, know, I don't know if I'm proud. I don't know if I'm prouder that we have on this show the voice, the, the voice of like a, a famous Call of Duty character, or more proud that you were in a Viagra commercial because that's well, listen, fucking listen. awesome. But that fuck, is fucking the awesome. The joke is, the joke is, <laughs> with with my friends and like people make fun of me with the Viagra. Like, listen, my flaccid member bought my mother a car. So shut the fuck up. You goddamn right. You goddamn right. I used to uh, I used to joke around with the guys in the in the infantry, and I'd be like, you know what? The, the ladies can say whatever they want about my Johnson. They can never uneat my ass. 
Okay. So uh, that's, that's it. That's real. That's it. Wait, like, are you drinking black rifle coffee? Are you drinking black rifle? No, this, the, 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 no, the coffee, the coffee cup. I'm drinking Folgers, man. I'm, I'm cheap. <laughs> it's like, bro, I live in Kansas city, Missouri, bro. Like I ain't got all the money in the world. Okay. Like, but uh, oh, there, there, he is. there he is. Oh yeah. He's got, it. there we go. There we go. Now I'm drinking Folgers today with, uh, with a flat, with they the now sell them in K cups. <laughs> What are you, uh, hey, Squalini, what are you chewing on this morning? Are you still chewing, uh, was it winter? Same old, same old. Grizzly long cut straight. Oh, oh, straight. Oh, Oh, man. I don't do that flavored shit. That flavored shit's for fuck boys. See, guys, see, guys, Uh, our producer, our producer, Joe, fucks. All right, he fucks. Okay, so I just want you all to remember that. All right, (laughs) like James, 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 James fucks too. All right, we know this. We know this. We're, we're, We're hearing it right now. So. This is good shit. I love it. I love so, it. Uh, so while we're while we're here early in the show, before we get to the to the meat and potatoes, uh, I think you. So you both have watched. So, wait, what, what guys? What have uh, what have you guys watched this week? Oh shit! Um, uh, oh, <laughs> how to bring okay. us back into on the fucking target on court? Yeah, we're like, we just we're, wait, like, we're, we're, we're way off massively. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's. Uh, I think. I think. I think John was like absolutely a student in, in uh, that particular observation. Um, no, this week. Uh, I guess for my week in review, I'll try to make it as brief as possible. Uh, I got a chance. So these last couple of weeks, if you guys have tuned in, I've done a couple of book reviews uh, from an author uh, by the name of Sebastian Younger, um, and he is also uh, one of the two uh, documentarians that, that uh, uh, filmed and then became the documentary Restrepo. So because I, I just kind of like mm-hmm. rewatched or uh, excuse me, reread this this trilogy of books fairly recently, I decided to rewatch uh, Restrepo probably for the umpteenth time. Uh, but then mm. this time I changed up because I watched Korngall back to back with it. And mm. the I've seen Korngall before, but the um, the experience and the vibe of Korngall, I, I noticed was was way different this time at least maybe with with newer eyes uh eyes that i'm no longer in the army um and so watching Korngall this time around uh actually kind of had a little bit little bit more of a, a what i would call like a fleshy effect on me where it actually made me think a little bit more you saw the soldiers that you know very very well from restrepo um you know you saw these soldiers that you're very familiar with from restrepo in the same interviews and they're talking about some similar stuff. So a lot of the footage in Korngall is basically leftover footage from, from Restrepo that was kind of left out of Restrepo. But what, what uh, Sebastian Younger did it, when he created Korngall was they fleshed out some of the more hidden feelings and the undercover stuff <laughs> that kind of comes, you know, when you're, when you're talking about um, the reality of, of what we do, what we're fighting for, um, what we, you know, when you come back home and, things are just things now. Right. And, and like life inhabits is like really weird, like part on the, on a very gray spectrum where like, there's not really much black or white anymore. It's like, it's all gray. Right. And Korngall was a very fleshed out kind of like, it was very cool. It was very cool to, to see it with kind of fresh eyes and especially like being back in the civilian world, um, going through life in general. So I highly recommend uh, both documentaries Restrepo and Korngall. Uh, highly again for like the third week in a row, even though I didn't read the books this week, uh, I recommend there's a trilogy of books by Sebastian Younger. The first one is called War, which is a companion piece to Restrepo. If you're interested in that in that particular thing, the second one is called Tribe, 
And the third one is called Freedom. Uh, both Tribe and Freedom, I would call novellas. They're not actually novels. They're not novel length. All three books are nonfiction. All right, educate your goddamn selves. All right, I want you guys to start reading more. When you guys text text message me, um, it, it's it, it disgusts me. Your spelling, your your grant, your grammatical errors. You know, you y'all are functionally illiterate. Oh, by the way, John, guess what I did this week? I looked up I looked up nationwide statistics on on literacy in in the United States of America. Do you oh, want to know shit. how many adult? Do you want to know how many adults are functionally illiterate in America? Twenty one percent. Twenty one percent functionally. I mean, functionally illiterate. So there's seven, I see 17 people on my stream right now on the Facebook. So one out of five. So three people watching the stream right now are functionally illiterate. And probably at least two of you have served in the army. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, <laughs> infantry, 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 the scarier, here's the scarier statistic. So we got one out of five functionally illiterate people. The scarier statistic is that over 50% only read up to a sixth grade level. So my challenge, my continuing challenge to uh, the entire DD214 gaming community is educate your goddamn selves. Pretty please with sugar on top. You guys are better than this. Start reading books. Read a comic book. Uh, listen to an audio book because you'll hear you'll hear words that you'll have to like look up later in an audio book. Like I don't care how you do it. Relearn to love. Relearn to love to read, guys. I love you guys very much. So we'll. I'll, 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 I'm not going to go ranting too much more on that. I, I I love Go this ahead. rant actually because that is a that is a pet peeve and it's it's a loss of mine, where, you know, the internet age has dug into. I mean, I was I was an avid reader. Okay, it was what I did for. <laughs> I, went, I went to college, so I, I in literature, massive you know a lot of books and just it's what has formed a lot of my ability to be an artist. Is like when you read and I I disagree with the with the audio book thing. If you're driving, great. Learn a language, but when you read, when I read, especially with scripts and things, because it's uh, this is what I do for a living, right? But when I read, it's like going, like my brain goes to the gym. It generates images, and those are the images yeah. that we, we, our creativity creates our life with. If we're not, if we're not kind of exercising that part of our brain that generates a vision of the future, a vision of what is, or a vision of what was. We're going to have a hard time understanding and processing information quickly enough to be effective in the world. So reading is, is it's got to be, is, if you go to the gym and do a set of curls, you got to be sitting down and reading 15 minutes every morning just to get, turn your brain on, you know, have a book, you, you know, find something you're interested in. If it could be, you know, there's so many, so much great literature, but avoid doing it on a screen, put it in your hands. So you control what, cause it's so hard to go back. Cause when you go from absolutely, when you go from absorption, reading, and then you got to do, you know, one is an in moment, the other is an out moment. So you're absorbing information, but on a computer, or oh, I have to go back. You got to, you got to use the other part of your brain to go back. It kills your momentum. With your finger on the page, you can do it right back. There's no limitation. There's no, there's no delay in time between. Oh, what does that word mean? Why, why is he saying that? I'll go back. Oh, he said it here. To do it on a computer, you got to scroll up, scroll down. It's just infinitely more difficult, and it disconnects you from the material. So having a piece of written material, you know, written uh, literature in front of you is yeah. like exercising your fucking brain. And I really, if I don't get at least two hours of actual handheld reading in, I feel dumber. I, I, I process slower. You know, like it's like when we, I go on set and they hand me a, you know, a, a tablet with a script on it. I go, no, give, give me the hard copy. I can get in. I can, even when I rehearse, I, I, don't, that. I don't take it on a computer. I get on hard copy. I got to have hard copy. 
Oh, what's that line? Boom. Are you uh, are you are you reading are you reading anything right now? Is there anything you're uh, or have you read anything recently that kind of like I have a book fancy? on I have a book on on the flight deck. It's called Sapiens. S a p i e n s. It's a story about it's our it's uh, anthropology about okay. how our behavior is not new. You know the way we function with each other in tribes, and it's mm-hmm. not new. Everything we do is is basically we're we're still grunting around like Neanderthals, and it's it's just a step by step exposition of here here's why we're doing this today. You know? I love it. You might have like I I might have to check out Sapiens and and you might have to check out uh, Tribe by uh, Sebastian Younger. It's the middle. It's I the have middle book. actually I have I have I have read reviews on Tribe. Tribe is on my radar. This, again, Restrepo is one of my favorite sound, films. It sounds like it's in the same in the same uh, vein Absolutely, as uh, yeah. Sapiens. Well, yep. when, I, when I saw Restrepo, because like I wasn't like I was in Afghanistan in 2013. Really, like, really. Yeah, I was with the, I told you the U.S. The USO flew us over there. It's me, Kamar, me and Kamar, uh, Kamar De La Reyes, who plays Menendez. Uh, we we been do, we were doing USO tours like every six months. We did something, that and they invited right. us to the bagroom, and they put us on helicopters, and we were there every day. We flew to a different fob. I mean, all of and we and. The joke was with our my marine escort. He said, "Man, I haven't, I have not, I have been in Bagram for two years. I haven't been outside the walls in like a year." Like he goes, "I have seen more of Afghanistan with you than most guys are ever going to see while they're, they're in country." And I, I that, that really hit me hard to think that he that his whole experience was like in inside the walls of Bagram Air Base, you know. Yep. But yeah, we um, experience experiences definitely of, vary in Afghanistan. Experiences de- experiences yeah. definitely varied in Afghanistan. <laughs> and so we, we 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 dropped in on a couple really small outposts. I mean, things like, holy shit, this is like the size of a. It's like these are the walls, and that's what's that? You know, like that's that's Pakistan over there. Oh, you here's get a field of fire. And so we we dropped into some of these places, and and I met some of these guys. So when I saw Restrepo, I was like, man, like this is this is very close. But what I like what you said about the corn gall is like the conversation I because. You know, it's funny when you walk into a, a place like that because there's no outlets. There's, you can't mm-hmm. go to town. You're in this box with walls and there's danger around you. So you play video games. And so you got this fucking idiot coming in. And you've heard my voice for how many hundreds of hours. You think you know me. I walk in, people think I'm the, like, Woods, come here. Like, here, my, this is my mom. Like, they think I'm their best friend because in the game, I kind of am your best friend. And so it, it, it travels, it transfers. And some of the conversations I've gotten into with kids, 19-year-old kids. I mean, 19? I was a functional fucking idiot. At 19, I couldn't put two seconds. Oh, don't, oh, don't worry. Don't worry. Most, most, most like, they, don't worry. They're, they're all there. Like, you're right. But, yeah. yeah even at 30, kid, most yeah. of the people you run into over there are still functioning fucking I, idiots. So. Oh, we are. You can say <laughs> that. You know, I'm not going to disrupt because you guys, because you're, you, I'll not say that. I just know that when you see somebody who's been under fire, when they're fucking mortar, like, we're sitting there and, like, Siren goes off. There's these huge concrete, um, what are they called? Bat, like these concrete uh, walls they put up with a roof. They're bunkers. They're like, bunkers, basically. bunkers, yeah. They're they're on, bunker. And we're walking around. Siren goes off. Kid goes, oh, come on. Let's go in here. And we stand in this bunker. All right, all clear. We have ah, mortar rounds. I go, what the fuck? You mean mortar rounds? He goes, yeah, these, these are just warnings. We have to go in here. Just Whenever you hear that, just step inside one of these concrete things. And you're like, this is life. Yeah. Every day. You know, bullets, oh, yeah. you know. You know, you hear rounds being shot off. I go, what the fuck? This is, I don't care who you are. You have a, a heightened level of experience in life. You, you're, you're a better man already than I am because 
you've adapted to this danger and you recognize or, or, or woman or woman don't worry or, or don't. woman oh absolutely <laughs> absolutely but the idea is that we're, we're, we're gonna get in trouble there's a certain level of a, of a of that most people never have of of, of presence you're present you have to be present or else you don't you know you really it's it's a survival thing presence you got to be aware of your environment you got to be like Understand the value at? of where's, each fucking step you take. Where's your, where, where, where's your where's your guys at? What do you do? What do you do if this happens? What do you do if that happens? Just, like all of it. Just oh, imagine yeah. being a young eighteen-year-old kid, only two days in country. You're in the shitter, and the fucking siren goes off. Yeah, the what motor hit three fucking Porter Johns over from where I was taking a shit. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> like, wow. I didn't have to take a shit for another four, four months. I guess they, they would close you up pretty quick, wouldn't it? You know, that's what I'm talking about, dude. So, my man, my talking man. about mortars, and then, and then Crazy Ace has a good point. After a couple months in country, those concrete bunkers don't get used. Oh no! Yeah, right. Yeah, you just at that point, it's just like if it's my time, it's my time. Fuck it. There's a. See, uh, that's what I'm saying. That that that's a very unique perspective like that's something where most people are never going to have a, the ability to go into life unless you unless you've been really that close to fucking dying it's really hard to understand that moment before like oh shit my next decision will decide whether i live or not and very few people actually get there where and it, it sometimes you, you know if you're a drug addict that's funny but when somebody else is could be that the the likelihood of you not being around anymore i think it just changes things you know it just changes the way the you value things differently you you i think i you move through life differently with that when you had the experience i think it makes you more to me it makes you more valuable i trust somebody more who's gone through that you know somebody who's had to deal with that that unique pressure of oh shit live or die you know i trust them more than somebody who hasn't gone through that Absolutely, absolutely. Shit, shit. Nice, that was, very that was nice. Deep. So, James, you were, see, I told you, gentleman and a scholar. You're like you're trying to call me out on it earlier. <laughs> gentleman and a scholar, right there. Like, hey, kids. Hey, kids. <laughs> if you're fucking smart, listen to this dude. He knows what the fuck he's talking. About. How about that? So, uh, we'll, we'll we'll finish up. Uh, my uh, literacy lesson for this week. Uh, this week, uh, Joe, if you want to pull up, I actually read a fucking Warhammer 40k novel this week. Guys. I, I got the title. Okay, I'm going to be very brief. About you got pulled up. I'm going to be. I'm right. going to be. As, I'm going to be as brief as possible with this because I don't want to take up too much, too more, too much more of James's time. As far as like, I'm going to let him speak and I want him to like, because this is fucking. Thank you very much again uh, for being here. You're 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 a lot of fun, dude. Like, it, it, I love it. I love it. You're good. You're a good dude, and like we 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 we, we can tell. So um, give take me one. one hey, takes one to know one, brother. Takes one to know one. Hey, real. Hey, hey, man. I, 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 I'll say the king says real recognize real. You know what I'm saying there? You know what I'm saying? Real recognize real. I'm as big. I'm. I'm all the people I make fun of on this show. I'm just a nerd in uh, in different ways, and I, I think uh, that's uh, probably uh, probably a similar a similarly held uh, sentiment, you know, um, for you for you probably J uh, James that we all we all have the things that we nerd out on, and everybody nerds out on uh, 
different stuff basically. So, so yeah. Mm-hmm. So this week, um, John, I apologize. I'm trying, John, I'm going to send you a link over uh, messenger. And if you could put that link in the, in the, uh, in the live chat, I got you. Yep. So, so this, so this week I read a book called hell's reach. Okay. And this book is no shit. A warty, a Warhammer 40 K novel. This was recommended to me by a Warhammer table game player who also happened to be in the army with me. I was in the field. I had nothing to read. I was like freaking the fuck out when I was a private because like I take books with me everywhere. Even if I even if I don't read them, I just take books with me. It's almost like my uh, it's my version of a whoopee, right? You know, so like <laughs> books are like my whoopee. And so uh, John uh, Lincoln coming right now um, or not. Um, so this book is about a particular chapter of these space Marines. These space Marines are heavily, heavily modified like you know, bionic Android super soldier. They have like two hearts and like, I don't know what the, like they're, they're insane. Right. They talk in this book about how a hundred of them can take over like a star system by, by itself, just by themselves. You know, they don't, they don't necessarily even need armies behind them because their, their armor is so thick. Their, their fighting skills are so good. Like they just, they mop up basically. It's like, it's like, it's like playing doom on, on, on an easy, on an easy, on an easy level, right? Like you should everything. So this book is actually about a siege and it's about this particular chapter who are basically like, um, their religion is this war. And so this one particular chapter of these space Marines, they don't have a home world. They, they live in space and they are, they are, um, collected from various home worlds and their whole religion is like an eternal crusade against the orcs basically. In this particular battle, they know they're going to lose, and they drop a hundred of a hundred of them off, including the main character. And this main character is their war priest, basically. He's basically a war priest, and he knows. And he just he just achieved the title of war priest like two weeks before they get ready to go into the siege, and get dropped off on this planet. So like, not only did he like finally rise in rank to where he is like exalted, basically like as a war priest. But now they're going to drop him off on this planet and you've got like two days or two months to live because like we're going to lose we're going to lose this fight. Right. Shit. And the whole and the whole book is about this siege that occurs uh, because the orc the orc fleet is so massive, yeah. just so entirely massive. And, you know, it's kind of like it's kind of <laughs> it's, it's kind of like kind of like Russia and Ukraine. Right. Like just unbeatable, unbeatable odds. A bunch of dumb assholes, you know, like just wantonly destroying everything for no fucking reason, right? Okay. And the whole book is this guy like making it through the siege as as a chaplain, like as a priest, basically, a war. And like it is it was fucking fascinating. I read this book, but when I got back home, I literally traveled to Springfield, Missouri. When I got home from the field that week, I traveled to Springfield, Missouri, 45 minutes away from Fort Leonard Wood, went to a bookstore. Because like my army buddy, like my, 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 like, like he's, he's like one of those guys that plays the table games, does, you know, paints the figurines, nothing against that. We're all about gaming here. Right guys. Like you do you, I had never read a book about some like fan fiction type, you know, er, you know, arena type stuff that just captivated my motivation or excuse me, my imagination. And it was like, and it motivated the fuck out of me. So that's why I said motivation. Sorry. This book like actually motivated me. It was like, holy fucking shit. If you're going to go to war, go to war with fucking that dude's attitude. Because you know what? Like, that's the one that's going to get you fucking home. You know what I mean? 
And it's a goddamn like Warhammer 40k novel of all fucking novels, right? Like, so this book is actually on my like yearly fuck. I, I this is one of the books I read at least once a year because it fucking motivates me that much. It's called oh, yeah. Hellbreach. Later on, later on, the author did a a an after an after one. It's called Armageddon, but you'll see Hell's Reach down here, but it also says Blood and Fire. Blood and Fire is a continuing, it's kind of like a coda or like an epilogue. A, a long, a longer, more drawn out. Ep and if you want both of them together, you can get this one. It's called Armageddon. I've gone through at least three copies of Hell's Reach because I've either worn them out way to like people I deemed worthy to fucking like pass my fucking Warhammer knowledge off to. So that's jay's fucking literacy lesson for the week i'm gonna shut the f more because i want to hear more from him the man himself all right the actual king fucking sitting here the actual king sitting here all right well and, I, uh, I i i mean i'm just i'm just enthralled by that i'm like wow what a great fucking story so you know so full, full disclosure especially for those of you guys that are familiar with the the warhammer genre i have tried to read other warhammer novels i have failed miserably at all of them not a single one did anything for me um, other than this particular one. And then I will go on the Warhammer wiki. There's a wiki on the internet. I actually have more fun reading the wiki about the different histories of the different, like mm -hmm. I, I have more fun reading the wiki about Warhammer than I do the books. If that makes sense. There's an entire library. It's called the black library with all these Warhammer books. Oh, by the way, the author is uh, Aaron Dembski Bowden. So let me hold that up real quick. Cause I'm, I'm going to do this gentleman some fucking disjustice. If I fucking, there we go. So that's the author. Okay. This is the only one. I, I don't play the table game. Definitely don't give a fuck about painting figurines. Okay. I'm not spending a hundred dollars on a goddamn platform. Blah, blah. That ain't me. This, this book was the shit times 10. John, I got that Lincoln coming. I'm hopping on fucking YouTube yep. on my phone right now. Yeah. I'll send it in. I'll put it in. And, and some, yeah. Warhammer, some fan made a two and a half hour long movie off this book that I'm talking about. And it's, it's, I I started watching it last night and I was like, holy shit, this is better than fucking Hollywood. It's almost like an audiobook, but it's it's animated. And like it is like it is the shit times 10. And like I'm telling you guys, watch part of the movie, listen to the words this guy uses, listen to how they uh listen to their 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 uh, life viewpoint, kind of like like uh James was alluding to earlier. These are like it was just very interesting to me and getting I, I never thought I would have gotten into anything Warhammer ever. I just sent you the link, John. There you go. Put that in the chat. You know, I, I, I I'm fascinated by what you by the book and what you're talking about because I was watching Top Gun Maverick uh last night in the plane. Yeah, how was your week? What what were you doing this week? Seriously. I, yeah. I was I was I was dip balls deep into the gratitude, man. See, I, I, I fight for gratitude every freaking day because I find that if I can find gratitude in the moment, I'm a much happier man, I'm a much better uh, partner to my woman, I'm a much better friend to my friends. If I find gratitude in everything around me, everything's just better. So I, it's a practice now. It's not just something I think about. It's a practice. I try to find it. So I, um, I, I, got, I have a lot to be grateful for. I have a... We are. I have a place, uh, a lake. A, we have a place on a lake. I, I'm not going to tell, talk about the location because she doesn't want it to be public. No, 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 of course not. Of course not. Hey, opsec, opsec. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, we no. we have. You know, she, we share a place on a lake, and you know, um, I, I like in my world. I can do something 
I'll, I'll do a job today. I may not see it for a year. So I never see, there's no instant gratification. Like I, everything, you know, Call of Duty, I, I wrapped Call of Duty on September 9th and it didn't come out until three months later. It's like, you don't see the results of your work. So that means to me, doing things like painting and you know, hanging TVs, repairing roofs, doing siding, cutting logs, you know, that is valuable to me because I get an instant, like I love sweeping floors. I love doing dishes because, yeah, I, there's a there's a there's a job. I do it. There's a result. It happens instantly, and that mm -hmm. my life isn't like that. My job isn't like so. I, I enjoy that. So, find but finding gratitude in what I have and what's around me is it's a big deal. So that, my week is entirely about that. Wake up. I just do things, but I do things with the idea that, wow, I'm grateful. Wow, my hands work. I got legs that work. My body's still my brain's yep. still fairly functional. So finding gratitude and things like being able to tie my shoes. Here's one for you. Having, being grateful, being able to take a shit and stand up from the toilet without help. Because when your knees are bad at a certain age, like being great, because I, I know dudes who can't do that, you know? Yeah. So owning that as a, as a slice of gratitude every day, like, wow, I can walk up these stairs and I'm pain free. What a great fucking thing, you know? And so that's my week, and that's every week for me. Everything else is just the is the minutia around it, or the it's the um, the ocean that my boat slow, you know floats on. Daily activities, that's not it. What floats so is the boat. Is gratitude. And 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 like Deshaun Myers says, you're grateful for. Our Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> all I can say, all I can say, so my flaccid member bought my mom a car. Goddamn right. Oh, there you go. Ain't, you, ain't nothing you, better than that. How did you find yourself watching Maverick? How did you find yourself watching Maverick? How did, how did that occur? I've been how resisting, like I, I've been resisting it because I kind of had a, a pre, a prejudgment of what it was going to be. Because again, I I watch films mm -hmm. differently than than civilians do. Like I, I, I look for camera angles. I look for story, for plot lines. I look for, mm -hmm. uh, are, are, are they throwing shit back to, the, you know, what, is there a throwback? Is there a paint homage or something? Oh, are they copying, you know, this, I think it was a Joe Kaczynski movie. So he has a certain style. So I watch it from the, I, from two places, um, character development. I watch it from how dialogue is used, how the editing is used. How do they edit things to make that, you know, mm. and what are the cheats? What are the cheats? How do they cheat a scene? How do they cheat and how do they create uh, an emotional narrative? And how do they use sound? How do they use music? So I watch films from a, a, a very, from a professional point of view. And then I try to enjoy it too. Cause it's, you know, it's, 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 it's jets. Who doesn't fucking love jet fighters in America? And like, and so I, I was resisting it, but I was on a plane. I really didn't feel like working. I had a couple of gin and tonics in. So I said, ah, let's, ah, let's fucking watch. Actually, I, I, the person across from me had it playing out, and it had these really cool scenes of uh, them dodging all this, these Sams. And I'm going like, hmm, let, let me check <laughs> this out. That doesn't look – I don't think they'd survive that gauntlet of Sam. I don't know if you saw the movie or not. So I, I, I went in, and I, I was really fast-forwarding through, oh, here's, okay, now he's going to the bar. He's, he's probably going to say the line about ice water. He did. Oh, the same, the same scene from the, he's driving his motor. So, yep, there it is. Was, and, uh, like, I have a lot of respect for Tom. Was the movie? He's a badass. He's a fucking was it, badass. I, I can't. Was it but good? It, it, was the movie good? Was it like, how did you feel about it? Like, were you eh, like? I, we, if I had paid for it, I'd be pissed. 
<laughs> we have a we have a ten inch on, on our show. We do a ten inch scale. So how many inches out of ten would would you give Maverick? Okay, how many inches out of ten? <laughs> Three, four. <laughs> a fucking so, fraction, gummy worm. Okay, just limp. Well, oh, but, re, but remember, it's it's coming from. A, I'm not coming from an entertainment point of view. I'm looking at. I'm I'm very judgmental. So my judgment <laughs> is like, ah, really? They you, you you know, talk to me, goose. Talk to me, goose. Okay, you can get them. You can do that once. You can't sure. use it over and over and over. And that's no, come on, that, man. That's you're gilding the lily. Um, you know, and the flashback to like, I saved you. You say no, come on. Let, Mm-hmm. more intelligence than that and some of the things i i, I get the, the jet fighters that was really cool and a lot of the stuff tactically go i'm not sure that would work you know i'm not sure yeah. if the relationships have, i mean so the things because i have some insight to you know some of the protocols and things uh that wouldn't then how's that work but it's the stuff okay now he's got the, the new girlfriend and now she she's sailing in a boat and tom cruise can barely function Tom Cruise is a fucking badass. He's a fucking acrobat. He he probably knows how to steal that shit veterans, but he's trying to play like he's not good at it. And Tom's not good at not being good. Tom Tom's whole thing is about being a badass. And so when he tries to act like he's he always in his movies, he has him. He has the, the hero's journey. He's uh, he's he's struggling with something, and he he has you know, it's a it's a classic narrative tale. The hero's you know. tale. So he, it's the so classic the hero's, hero's tale. tale. So he's yeah. he's struggling he's struggling in the middle, and then he kind of finds his way. Now he's the hero again. I get that, and, it, and that's his brand, and he's the best yeah. at it. I don't care. The Rock's okay, but Tom Cruise is still king. You know, he, I, he, and for all the shit I could talk about Tom Cruise, like I like a shitload of his fucking movies. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like it's like what what do you say? What do you say? So with, like when I does he fail? I mean, what when, when I does mean, his, his movies and, don't fail? He 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 knows his brand. And he knows how to market he, himself, yeah. like the whole nine. And yeah. the whole nine. Okay, the, the idea is: here's a guy who's my age. He's he's in, and like he, he I know he caused this hair. I know he's yeah he said face work, yeah. and he's in great shape. And here he is playing football with a bunch of you know eight, tw- you know twenty year old guys. Dude, I, I I'm a hockey player. I I still play. I still play pretty well into my fifties, but not against twenty two year olds who are sure. in better shape <laughs> than I was. I can't keep up. So well, that whole thing is like ah, Tom. You know, well, do, do you remember? Do you remember when when him and him and Nicole Kidman did like Eyes Wide Shut? Like everybody yeah. was just expecting, even though it was Kubrick, even though it was Kubrick, everybody was expecting that shit to just bomb the fuck out, and it ends up becoming like a fucking cult classic, and it still did okay in the fucking theaters too. And it was well, like I, it was I, like I the dude, the dude doesn't miss when he picks roles. He just doesn't fucking miss, and it's like God damn it, and dude, it but. Like, well, that, Even what the thing is, can, can I say this out loud and I get in trouble? Vanilla Sky, you know what I mean? Like Vanilla Sky, <laughs> same shit. It was like not your typical well, Tom Cruise movie, but it fucking worked. But it fucking worked. You know he, what I mean? Even like, when he played the rock star in that that, that rock and roll movie, I um, mean, he, yep. he, he's. I mean, he is just. He's a really good actor. He's a great brand. Like Cruise is. You know, you can drop him in any, any role. He's going to do a good job. You know, he's going to do a great job. He's, he's, just, he's, just, he's a good actor. And, yeah. and I think people forget, because of all the, the, the kind of movies he takes, and every, I, I, I knew a guy who was writing for him. He, Tom basically has scripts written for him. He, he hires guys to come in, and, and he dictates. And he has 
couple of mandates. It's got to be global. You got to have a global appeal. How, what's that one about the future? He goes into the future. He keeps living it, reliving every day. Total Recall. Yeah. No, he, uh, oh, no, no. no. Um, Shit. That, that was Colin Farrell. Um, oh, oh, oh man. What? You know the one, the aliens, and he's he's trying to get. And he, he, um, they they changed it. It was like live live die fast repeat, but there was like another title for it. Yes. And it was like robots we, we know and the stuff film we're like that. About. Fine. Yeah, that to me is his quintessential role. Here he is. He's this muck about fuck up, and then he ascends to be the, the the best warrior in the world. That his that is his that is his signature piece. You know, the day after tomorrow. Day after tomorrow. There you go. Anyways, yeah. I, I as far you, as the film goes, I had ex- I expected it to have certain things and it, it, it fulfilled my expectations. Unfortunately, my expectations were that they would would kind of recycle too much of of, of, of the original. Um, they got you know they they played him too much. I, I, there's things that I expected and they, yeah. and I, it was rewarded. But as as a mindless film to watch in a plane while you're half asleep, fine. You know, if I had to sit through a movie theater, I would have been pissed. If I had to drop thirty bucks to see that with a with a, with a, with a soda and some popcorn, I'd be like, yeah, you know what? I don't feel. So, like, but a, a free film on Netflix, sure, it's fine. Yeah. So that was kind of my thing with uh, with Maverick was I I big Top Gun fan from the original. So with Maverick, mm-hmm. I paid to go see it in theaters, and I was disappointed that I spent. You know, 50 bucks, 25 for the tickets, 25 for concessions, because it was it was almost a copy and paste of the first one. Yes. Yes. All they did was just add in the element of Goose's son is now at the school and there's this top secret mission. So they're going through all this other crap. But it was just a rinse and repeat. And it's also that the the, the (laughs) thing that they do in the film that's really kind of. You know, I've flown a plane, so I know a little bit about the dynamic of the plane. And whenever I see they, they want to make it like, we're going to go faster. He pushes that, that, that stick forward. That puts the nose down, man. It's like that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's not something that there's all the, like those are fly, those are fly-by-wire aircraft. There's no, there, you know, the movements, are, you know, the, the hand movements aren't, you know, it's, it's very slight, you know. But what I do think is badass is he actually flew the fucking jet. That's, yeah. that's me. I that I forgive everything because I know he flew the fucking jet. Well, so. and actually, the jet that he flew was his own personal jet. No, I think that was the Mustang that he flew in the end. P- yeah, That's the Mustang I, in the end. Is that a P fifty one? The Mustang was his. Yeah, but the jet he was. I think he went to what I from what I understand. I could be wrong. Is that he went through a? a he, well, it's not great to be an actor. He went to an actual flight school, and I think he actually took off from the aircraft carrier. So I think they trained them up on that. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah Can so you guys I, I imagine actually, flying like a P fifty one? Like it's basically like a fucking. It's basically like a convertible with a fucking aircraft around it, right? And you, <laughs> can you imagine doing that shit? Like, well, that like was the fucking like our like the army air the army air force, which was like the predecessor, you know. And then like and then going into the Korean War when the air force, you know, and they had the P fifty ones in Korean shit. Like, can you guys fucking imagine that? Like those well, dudes. Those dudes had fucking balls that like clanked, like oh, I mean, it, shit. When you when you when you look at some of the aircraft they flew in World War II, I've been I've been I've been doing a deep dive on a lot of World War One films. Like I just watched um, All Quiet on the Western Front. 
which is oh, uh, how was that? How, how was that? How was fucking that? Amazing, fucking amazing. Yeah. Did you ever read the? Did you, did you ever? Or Dude, did, I'm I'm old. Yeah, we had to read it in high school. Did, we back in high school when I grew up, we had to read all the classic literature. Did you ever, mm-hmm. as, as a as a uh, kind of a film buff, did you ever watch the uh, the German version or the 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 the, the classic version of it? Um, yes. God, it, it was. You watched or was it silent film? Am, am I mistaken? I think it was a silent film, but they did. No, all, I think Henry Fonda was in it. Along the western. I think Henry Fonda. I don't. I think it was one of the first talkies. I think Henry Fonda was in it. Tell us about. Tell, tell us about all so. on the Western Front. Tell us. Tell us about it real quick. Well, it's just you know. I, again, there's um, Hitler's one called um, Hill sixty six. All about the, the, the. There's like three films about. Uh, there was nineteen seventeen. I love that. I've been doing it, just a deep dive in all these films that really look at um, you know that trench warfare in France during during the First World War. And it's just the nuances, you know, like the how they're fucking hungry all the time. Like there's no food. These guys weren't really taken care of. How like they yeah. had, you know, they, and it's this thing that I. It's funny. I just I'll go back to gaming. Since I started playing, you know, Black you know, Warzone, I found myself. I'm pretty good with weapons. I, I, I'm trained. I, I, I can. You know, I've never been in combat, so I can't even fucking attest to that. But I've been in simulations. I've been in, you know. Um, tactical training stuff, right? Yeah. So, but when I when I started playing the game, I found myself panicking, trying to get aim. I, I was rushing things as opposed to because I thought everyone else was faster than me. Yeah. So uh, it took me a while to figure. Oh, just calm down, get target and shoot, right? And what I found was great in this in a couple of the scenes in 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 Western Front was like they had bolt action rifles. So you come in, and if you miss, recharging. The round it the took task. it took a minute it, t- it took a few seconds and when they both miss they both you see the you know one guy they're both I mean, the one guy who lost looked up and the uh, German guy who was focused you know shot, it's, yeah. they're in the trenches and they're just it's mayhem but I just I just it really hit me like wow that was the difference you know focus on you know don't if you look worry about the other guy you're not doing your job. You know, if you're worrying about the opponent, you got to worry about you know, load that fucking chamber, get him, and, and keep moving. You know, I, I it was that was a very profound moment to see. Like that was that's 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 a really good um, let's say uh, and you have in movies you have a consultant, or you have like a, a weapons director, somebody who's gonna on, helps with the authenticity. I Means a lot of movies I've had that, it's been wonderful. Have some guys who've been in noms say, no, no, do this. This is what this is what it really is. So that's when I like when I see movies that show that little nuance of authenticity. Yeah, of course it happened. Two guys both both smith and got to recharge with the bolt action. One guy jams up. Like yeah, that's that's how it happened, and you can really feel it. And there's a bunch of there's one moment where they get into the the French bunker, and there's food everywhere. The Germans haven't eaten in days, and they just start mowing down. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, all these rats run by them, right? And What's happening is these tanks are rolling over the. T- it's just, just just really great nuanced things that, you know, I don't remember them in the book, but they just added it to the movie. So one time I think the movie's actually better than the than the book. Setting setting is very important, especially when you're like transferring some of that stuff. And I always love when they add those like minute details to give it a little bit of that flair to keep you interested well, enough. That, that's the beauty of filmmaking. If you can. If you can use the cameras and the angles and just 
let your actors experience something. You know, like I, I was reading when they're doing, like I know with uh, Private Ryan, they actually went through boot camp. Yeah. Um, D- Dale Dye, mm-hmm. the guy who's the great, I think he's dead in a, the great uh, military yeah, advisor Bill, for yeah, all of Hollywood. Dye, yeah, he was in Platoon. Yeah, he, I, and I, I knew Dale for I, many, 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 many. Did you get to meet him? Dale you know helped him? me out with a couple. I knew Dale, yeah, I spent time at his house. He, he stuck Fuck a yeah. dagger out in my neck. He, sh- he literally, he jabbed me with a dagger. Cause I was, in, I, cause he had one of his, his, uh, his battle knives from Vietnam and it had a little angle on it. I said, I'd never seen this before. He goes, yeah, cause come here. And he grabbed me by the fucking neck and he's right there. He goes, yeah, this will go right down into your heart. And I'm like, like, like a little fucking, he cut, like, and he was just that kind of big personality <laughs> kind of guy, generous as hell. I needed some gear. I, I was doing a, a, a sizzle, a sizzle reel from my, uh, my film and I needed some gear. Fucking came over, dropped all types of vintage Vietnam gear. Um, and he's just a really generous dude. Anyways, I know he put, um, it, with Platoon too, he put these guys just through a brutal two-week training. And that got them in the right state of mind. And a lot of actors quit. A lot of actors fuck this. I'm not, you know, I'm an actor. I'm not going through this. Other actors, fuck yeah. Let's get dirty, man. <laughs> Method you know? acting. Let's go. Well, it's like, that's why I say when people talk about celebrities being assholes. No, there are guys who, who fucking dig it, getting the dirt, getting dirty, mm-hmm. you know, getting beat up a little bit because it makes you feel the part more. And I, I heard these guys for uh, on the Western Front went through some brutal, brutal fucking um, experiences. Like you're in the mud. You're actually shooting in trenches in the mud. It wasn't stupid. Like you, and they were there for days and they were Ooh, deprived yeah. of Oh yeah, the, the the canteen. I've had this other film too. Like, oh yeah, no food today, guys. The the the, the caterer's truck broke down. You know, a kid named Nick uh, Manzanato. He was uh, he's a ranger. I did a film co- for him called Seal Patrol, up in Utah. He did some of that shit to us, where he kind of like they put us through like three or four <laughs> days of really intense um, uh, clearing, breach and clear uh, at this place called um, Global Global. Global Industries, they, they're, they're a mercenary company, basically. And they were training us, doing, you know, low-level jumps and things, and a lot of weapons training, a lot of, you know, breach, a lot of room tactics. And just, they would throw things in every now and then just to fuck us up. And, like, and this kid, uh, this Mike, he was, he was a Vietnam vet. He was one of Dale's um, right-hand men. He, he brought us through all his, his stuff. He's just a great guy, great guy. That's- that's really cool, man. You've definitely you've definitely seen a lot, and you've definitely done a lot, and you've had a certainly you've had a hell of a career. You know, you've had a very interesting. One. You've been on General Hospital. Uh, <laughs> hey, my hey my hey my mom used to videotape. You know, like in the VCR. You know, like uh, uh, tape yeah, tape all yeah. the soaps and shit. You know, like hey, well, you, know, hey. Uh, you were on. Yep. General Hospital was my first real job. Nice, was, uh, and it was a gift. Guy named Mark Tesher, the casting director. I had I had known him briefly in New York, for reasons mm-hmm. I'm not going to. I was in New York. I, I owned a restaurant and I was a hockey coach for many years in New York City. So um, I met I met him. The Herenthal's. No, I played I played for Herenthal's actually. That's a team in Belgium I played for. We won the uh, won the Belgian national championship of that team. Eighty three, eighty four season, correct? Did you really? What's that? 83, yeah. 84 season? I think it's 80, 82, 83, maybe. It could be 83, 84. Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah. That's badass. But yeah, that, 
What's that? That's badass. That's awesome. That's awesome. Dude, hockey, I played hockey in Europe for a couple of years. It was fucking amazing. I mean, it was, it, it was, yeah, I have a lot, that, that's a whole show. That experience, part of my life is a whole freaking show. How it happened, what I did when I got there, just the experiences I had playing overseas. And I played in, I played in Italy, France. I've been in uh, the Alps. I mean, it's, it's, it's like, it's, it's, it's a whole other, it's a whole other story, man. It's a whole other lifetime. It's like, yeah. I, I, I really, I don't even think about it half the time. It's there. Yeah, it's actually Where, funny. What, talk about deal. Let's talk about authenticity, movies. I'm done. Hey guys, you gotta reel me in. I'll fuck. I go off the rails. I just go from. Oh no, you're good. Well, I got something here that may interest you. Do you remember filming this scene on the show, Loving? Oh wait, I'm clicking the wrong thing. Ah. Uh... Hold on. Hey, that, chick, hey, that chick's kind of cute. Oh no. Hey, that's cute. No. That chick was kind of cute too. Where did you get this? Oh, yeah, dude. It's on YouTube. Where did you get this? I finished anyway. <laughs> Where did you get this? Where did you get this? I have never seen that. The whole... Yeah, dude. The never, whole... I have never seen that. I never watched the show. So the whole... It took me about eight episodes to find that clip. But... But uh, it seems to me that the whole series, Loving, is on YouTube. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. So, right, when right, I was, right, when so I was explaining gonna... earlier, James, wait, when wait, I was explaining wait. to so you that we... The Mark Teschner was the casting director for Loving. <laughs> That's how that happened. Dude, so that when was... I was explaining to you earlier today, me and John spent like three afternoons this week just scrubbing your imdb profile trying to find clips of the most absurd crazy off the wall scenes you might have done in tv movies i have that's never the stuff we found i have never seen that scene ever did you guys, did you guys you, I, I, I was john you're gonna have to read john you're gonna have to replay that the man the man said he was the man said he was finished he said he was finished anyways. Like, you got to replay. Dude, re fucking replay that shit. That was fucking badass, dude. Replay that shit for that, that poor cuck. Dude. I have poor never cuck. seen this clip in my life. This is, a, <laughs> this is amazing. Play it. Please play it again. Oh, my God. Play it again. Let me, uh... You. Get the hell out of here now. No problem. I finished anyway. <laughs> God damn. God. Oh. God damn. Um, I also, I so I've also been questionable to know too. Now, not only did I find that, I found your General Dynamics commercial from Saturday Night Live. Oh, I've seen this. Yeah, yeah, which is which is absolutely hilarious. One of my one of my favorite things. But then I also found your Wheaties commercial too. Well, I'm proud of that. Yeah. The, so, and I wanted to ask about the Wheaties commercial too. So, from you playing hockey, did that lead you to get that get casted in the Wheaties commercial? Well, how did that happen? Um, it was a weird thing. I was, um, 
<laughs> yeah, man, it, it was, I was, I was, in, I was playing, I had the summer off. I was going to go back and play in um, France, I think. And I was hanging out in New York. Um, just always had an interest in, in trying to be an actor. I never took any classes. I never, you know, I just showed up with the fucking attitude, um, which was, would work until I had to memorize lines and shit. Uh, that kind of, and this is a whole, this is a whole story into itself. But the hockey thing happened. I was, uh, just going to a rink <laughs> and I walk into uh, by accident, by accident. And, you know, I was, I was, cause I was training for the summer. I was trying to, I was trying to get, um, and my buddy Lou Vero, uh, a guy who I knew from juniors and stuff was the assistant coach for the devils. And they had this four rink facility. And I just figured if I was hanging out at the rink a little bit, you know, lose there, I may get, you know, I may get, a, I may get a chance to, you know, do a, to get on, on the ice. Cause we talk is, yeah, hang on. If we get you down here, we have, so I was there and I just, I went, I walked into the wrong fucking uh, locker room. And, you know, I'm a pro, I was a, I was a pro hockey player. I was, I was playing hockey for a living. So, and I was in shape and I just ended up on the ice on the wrong rink with a bunch of actors who weren't hockey players, you know, guys with figure skates on, you know, actors, we have a tendency to lie a lot about our capabilities. You know, yeah, I, I can, I can, you know, I, I know how to use a samurai sword. Never fucking touched one in my life, you know, but you say it because you, don't, you just have to look good for 30 sec, for three seconds. So I get on the ice and I'm like, and I'm like, man, what, this is, what's going on here? Lou was supposed to say, it's like, you know, this is a, there's an open skate. It's like, like sometimes they, they open the ice up for the players to, to, you know, get the rust off. You know, they have, so I was supposed to get on that kind of skate. It's kind of open ice, but it's closed to the organization only. And I'm on the wrong rink. And so I'm just kind of pissed. I thought, you know, Lou was fucking with me. And so I was just, I was just, I was just shooting at the goaltenders you know, from center ice, pinging them in the head and stuff. I was just pissed being, but I needed the ice. And I'm going off the ice, and, and the, and the uh, producer came out and said, where, where, where are you going? I go, dude, I, I, I don't know what's going on. He goes, you're here. tell me you're here for the audition. I go, no, I'm here. We'll skate. We're going to lose ice. He goes, no, no, no. This, this is, the, this is a, a, a Wheaties audition. I go, <laughs> what the fuck? I don't know. He goes, the producers love you, man. They fucking love you. And I go... <laughs> Yeah, but I'm, you know, I'm, I want to get a tryout here. I got have to go back to Europe. Play. I guess, he goes, how much money are you going to make in the minors? I go, 20000 He goes, you're going to make $40,000 on this without even, no one's going to knock your teeth out. I go, seriously? He goes, yeah. So he goes, you mind come up eating some cereal for us? I go, seriously, forty grand? He goes, yeah. So I'm up there fucking ate some cereal. And they said, like, let some milk drip down your face. You go, fuck that. They said, like I've been sucking a cock or something. No, I don't want some fucking milk coming down my face. No. So, and it, it was just the attitude. So play the whole commercial and you see this fucking cocky ass kid. That was me just saying it, fuck dude. you to everybody. So, not only, so not, only, not only are you the voice, voice of one of the, like the, the OG badasses in video games <laughs> and Call of Duty, you've done a Viagra commercial. And then, like back in the fucking '80s, '90s, you did fucking Wheaties. Yeah, I think you're. My, I think you're my new fucking hero, James. What the fuck, man? Jeez, oh, and brother, then, raise your fucking bar. Raise your bar. Raise and then we've got. We've got another. We've got another thing that was mentioned earlier that I didn't even know, and I'm a big country music fan. Oh boy. Yeah. Oh, what's this? Oh, yeah. So apparently, James 
was in the music video for What Hurts the Most by yeah, Rascal yeah. Flatts. Yeah. By who? By who? Who? I'm sorry, Joe. Who Rascal Flatts. Okay, so I'm familiar with that band, but I don't really. I'm not familiar with their music. Yeah, he did. It was, it was a massive hit. Really Holy big crap. hit. At yeah. the time, what was it like filming a music video? That's my question, dude. It's just, it's, it's, you know, like everything acting, else. <laughs> you hit your mark, you see your line, you, you try to be authentic as you can, you try to have a relationship with the person across from you, uh, you try to have a conversation, um, hit your mark, see your line, and be as authentic as you possibly can. That's acting, man. Now, every medium, you know, soap opera is different from a, a, a network show. A network show is different from doing a low-budget film. Uh, it's different from doing a big-budget film. It's different from doing a commercial. It, and theater is different. You just adapt your skills to the environment in which you're placed. So it, it's it's the same thing. Um, that was a fun job. It was a, a chance to be more of a vulnerable guy than up to that point. I just been playing like you know just hard asses, and this was the first time I get a chance to be a little bit to do some more vulnerable, have more vulnerability, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's great. You know, uh, it's very, it, it's very cool because I've seen the, I see the different works that you've done and you're very, you know, very versatile. You're not like, oh, thank you. Thank you. You know, it's, it's very, it's very cool to see, to see an actor do that, to, to put themselves into different roles and be comfortable to, to do it. Like, like they're either. I never case, said I know? was comfortable. The oh. trick is the trick. It, the, the rule of life for me is, if I'm comfortable, I'm not doing as much as I can. So I try to find things that make me comfortable. And that's, it's funny how when you, when you face the discomfort and you, and you kind of work through it, 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 it expands you without, you've all trained, you know, if you don't, if you're not uncomfortable, you're not, you're not growing, you're not evolving, you're not, you're not, you know, developing. So, Going to the parts that make me that I, I'm uncomfortable doing, that's all. That's you know, I was very uncomfortable doing Call of Duty, you know. So, but it all, but I, I, you bust through the discomfort, and all of a sudden you've got something new and better in your life. Uh, Joe Poe asks, "What would be your perfect role?" No, fuck, I don't know. Um, a, a role where I could live at my own house. No, that's not true. Um, God. They're all perfect roles, man. I just love working, you know. Um, I love that. It's, they're, they're all perfect roles. I, if it's, you know, I have an audition at this afternoon for a low budget uh, cop film where I pay like a, um, a bad cop, an FBI agent. But you know, I, I looked. I was watching the, the audition this morning. Oh, I'm gonna add something here. I'm gonna make it give the guy a little bit of a twitch. You know, right now I had him kind of being squared away, but now he's gonna have. He's a drug addict now, so. <sighs> What's perfect is having an investment in the job. So if I can, if I can, like, there's something that makes me crazy. I listen to these guys on YouTube saying, you know, go out, find your passion, live your passion. You know, fuck that. Become passionate with everything you do. Become passionate tying your fucking shoes. Become passionate cleaning out your fucking drawers. Become passionate in your job. Find passion in what you do. Because it's not out there. You got to create it. You got you gotta you gotta go into it and it's mm -hmm. that place, you know, the place where you get dirty. You know, you've all you've all done the first time you go through an obstacle course, you gotta crawl through the fucking mud. It's, it's a yeah. resistance to it. But then I say, fuck it, I'm going in. You know, like that's 
that's what's that's for me that is what we do every day and Absolutely. in my my business i'm just waiting for the opportunity to jump in and splash around and get dirty again so there's no perfect role is to, what i do in the moment that makes a role perfect right awesome so i have uh so we're going to be ending soon but i do have a couple just a couple quick uh questions for you uh some from some from our viewers here um actually jesus isla asked two very funny questions one is since since hey burn since you're you're the voice of woods do you get hooked up with mountain dew and doritos with the call of duty uh relationship that they have uh probably not because I, I i don't eat junk food or drink soda so <laughs> probably fucking not they uh no i haven't really i haven't really um exploited that aspect of of woods i I kind of wish I had earlier on because I probably could use the money, but um, <laughs> you know, it's, well, I mean, this, this, again, this twenty bucks is twenty that, bucks, guys. <laughs> hey, for, ten bucks is ten bucks, man. Um, you know, it's just you're. You know, I'm not rich. I'm comfortable, but I'm not yeah. rich. Um, that's the fallacy of, of visibility. Like most actors, you know, aren't Tom Cruise. Like Tommy gets. Mm -hmm. to, I, I hope I get scale in the same film. You know, that's this is that's the nature of the beast. They're not, they're not tuning in to see me. They're tuning in to see Tom, the stars. So until you become a star, to, until you become the reason why people are watching the show or the movie, then you're a beggar. You, you, you got to take what you can get. But once you become the reason people show up, now you have a career. Now people are trying to find you because you're the, you can bankroll their project because people, you know, that's, that's just the industry. It's, it's kind of an ugly truth, but if you accept it, you, you can find your place and see what happens, you know? I had a question. That, uh, real that quick did not answer the fucking question, did it? Well, no. Well, and I, and I, I love... <laughs> look at that fucking meme. Like, J James, you get it. You get it, clearly. Like, you get it. You know what I mean? Like, I had a, I had a quick question. Uh, this is from earlier, but one of my buddies, like, actually uh, instant messaged me, and he said, uh, does the, does the, the, the culture of activism... Uh, like currently, does it ever affect your performance or uh, any aspect of your time while developing projects that you're on? Like if it, it like constantly, the, the, yeah, constantly. Well, um, I you, have you, to you tell us a little bit about that. If I work on certain shows, I have to really uh, temper. Even asking questions is is can be like I was on a show. I, I, I was on a show. I'm not gonna say what show it was. Very popular. It was a big, big uh, primetime show. And they had a, uh, a, a, a director there who was female and she was black. And, and she never had not done a lot of action. And, and, I get, I, and when you're moving fast, especially on TV, you, you get a shorthand. Like, you know, especially when you have, you have weapons involved and you have movement and action. And, it's, you know. mm -hmm. and so I, I, said, I asked the question, I said, you know, hey, what's my line here? What's my line the line of movement, right? And she goes, you don't have any lines here. I go, I know that, but where, where's my line? What's, you know, it's the one. And it became very contentious because she felt I was being disrespectful. And I was just saying, no, no, I need to know where to go next. And this was escalating to find the star of the show stepped in and put her in her place, you know, she, but she had never done action, but she'd been given this role because, you know, that it's an activism thing. And, you know, they're trying to create more opportunities for, for people. But at the same time, it, it, when you do that, I think you create a, uh, an insecurity. Like, oh, I, I don't know how to do this, but I can't show 
vulnerability because it then just so it, it, the effects it has on on the personalities around you who are being sort of gifted with this or are kind of put into these circumstances to do to do things they've never done before and they're not very good at it but they can't show weakness because it might ruin it for everybody else see it gets complicated so i find that um i really have to know where i am and i gotta it's a situational awareness who am i talking mm -hmm. to how am i it's exhausting but this is the job i'm in i i, I can't i'm not going to change the culture because the culture i'm a beggar you know i'm i'm hired they can i've been fired i've been fired for not stating my pronoun mm. how about that it sounds yeah. that sounds interesting that sounds no, really I, i'm not getting into it because it, it, it could no, be that's research. okay no no I'm yeah. just but, saying I, it but I've, been, I've been like it's like wow that's and it wasn't it wasn't a it wasn't a nasty thing it was just it was just it was a kind of a good idea because i didn't quite get it what they want like the, the show you might certain, not have fit. You might not have fit the culture, like the tribe, if you will. Yeah, the tribe. And, you know, you might and not they, the, the thing tribe. is, I, I, I'm not pissed because they paid me. They paid out my contract, but sure. they felt that, to me, to the detriment of the character in the show, they needed somebody who was going to be ruffle feathers. But that's not what it's about. Sure. You know, <laughs> that, that you, you, I am here to serve the script. I am here to serve the production. Sure. So I'm, you know, at the end of the day, I'm here to fulfill the director's vision. Now, almost, almost, almost every time you talk, you remind me of the, 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 what is it like the, uh, the saying about the, uh, it's better to be a, better to be a warrior in, in the garden than a, than a gardener in a war. You know what I mean? Like you seem like you've been around the block, like quite a few times. Like I'd love to, oh, like, I love that one. Yeah. That's a great one. Yeah, I, I love that. I would, one. I would love to sit at a pub with you and just fucking pick your brain for like three hours with like fucking pint after pint of fucking beer, dude. Yeah. Like, and then the, the, the toxic goo you'd be taking off your fucking head. Be like awful. Be like fucking slime. Oh my God. Why did I listen to this guy? No, no, no. I think so, you seem pretty astute to me. Like you, 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 you've, you've done enough. You've been around. You've had such a, a, a wide and varied, adventure in life really. yeah it's yeah. like an adventure in life you know and that's yeah. like that, that's fucking amazing dude yeah I, I i think i think that's my father's fault my father was a uh a, a raging alcoholic and he would you know he would batter me with his stories of being in the merchant marine and i'm gonna get back on a boat and go back to you know and I always had this idea of like I'll drink I'll know, drink to that. I'll drink to but that. But he had but he had great stories about, you know, being in, you know, faraway places and being in, you know, and I always used to love his story. That's, that's all he got drunk, he'd start off with a great story, would end up being a, a fist fight with me or my mother or somebody. But I just remember always thinking I would rather I'd rather have a great story to tell and have to clear up a mess. Then not take yeah, okay. Yes, I'm gonna I'm gonna go do this. I'd rather do it and ask for forgiveness than not do it and ask you know ask better to ask forgiveness than permission. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. That's and a saying you know, that's a saying in the army. It's better to ask hasn't forgiveness. Always than ended well. I mean, there's there's a lot of regrets there too, man. There's a lot sure. of regrets. Sure. Yeah. But that's also you, how you learn. That's also yeah. how you learn. Like, yeah. you, you, you get to see the the tip of the iceberg. You know, that's all you're seeing because that's what's public, but you know, the, there's there's a downside to it as well. Yeah, right. Nice. Uh, so recently, Bay Bayonetta actress, uh, voice actress Helena Taylor was recasted in Bayonetta for Jennifer Hale. Uh, the similar thing 
hap- happened with you and the rest of the cast of Black Ops, uh, uh, which you were recast by Damon Victor Allen. Uh, did he did he contact you for any advice or anything for for you the, would prepare? you would think I, I don't know I, I I've reached out to him many times to get him on the show. Just I thought, hey, the two of us, the two Woods, we can have woods, a great yeah. time. <laughs> and I'm a, I'm a I'm a singer songwriter. He's a, he's a drummer. I go, hey, we can put together a, a trip to, to a USO thing. Never got back to me. Um, even Bruce, who plays Abbott, he had gone. I had known him in New York. Yeah. And when I did it, you know, when I, for some reason. And we were going to have a show together. And then he, then he canceled on me. would never get in touch with me again. So I think, I don't know what to think about all that. Uh, I wish somebody here reached out to me while they're putting yeah. together black uh, Cold War because the most of the people who were there during Black Ops One, Two, and you know Four are gone. Yeah, um, I wrote, but all my dialogue in Black Ops Two. I wrote a lot of it in Black Ops One, or improv a lot of it, and then I wrote a lot of Black Ops Four, a lot of the narrative and a lot of the uh, especially which HQ. was a great narrative too, what, with the little Easter eggs that so, you had to follow. What was your, so what the was thing your, is, I have what? all, and plus I've sat in meetings and I've talked with Dave, Dave Anthony, the, the, the head of the studio, the director of the Black Ops franchise. He and I, we're like, we're like, we're like brothers, man. We, we've had many of three, bo- three bottle of wine dinners going over stories and talking about things and punching, you know, that's how we came with Old Man Woods and so yeah. I have I would, a lot. I have a lot of the connective tissue that I could have lent to the story. Like there's things like, wait a minute, you here's an opportunity to connect to Black Ops too. Oh, here's an opportunity to explain something in Black Ops. You had great opportunities in Cold War to ex- to explain the story mm-hmm. and bring Agreed. tie it all together. You know, and that's what I, I think I would have brought to the table, either as a performer, or as a performer, I probably would have been like, you know what? Let's not do it that way. Let's do it this. You know, that's how I did last with Black Ops 1 and 2. I was very contentious until they finally said, all right, just come in and fucking write your own stuff. So, <laughs> well, well, you know, yeah, and, but it worked. Obviously, shit. it worked, right? It that was, I, I was, I apologize. I was not trying to interrupt you. Um, I, 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 I'm fascinated by like, even, even as a voice actor, there has to be some level of preparation for the character that you're voice acting, right? So, like, did, did you just go to, like, a bunch of VFWs and, like, hang around and, like, drink shots of whiskey and smoke cigarettes all night and, like, listen to, like, or, like, like how did you how did you prepare to, especially if you, when, when you talk about writing dialogue, too, like, when you want, when you want to sound authentic as a character like, 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 like the guy you played in Call of Duty, like, what was your preparation for that? Like, what was the, what was the initial, what was the initial, like, okay, it's a video game, but I still need to sound authentic. Like, um, see, yeah, you, you actually, you, you're kind of going backwards. Um, yeah. When I say authenticity, I mean, okay, you've met me. Uh, well, you did a good job, though. Like that. That's okay, like. Well, hey, well, let, let me explain to you. Right? Let me explain to you. So when I say authenticity, it's authentic to me. Like you've met me, right? Right. You see Woods <laughs> now. You know the, how right. I, he he comes up and gets down. You know, like there's Woods is uh, yep. he's he's, a, he, he's your best friend, but he can fucking shoot you in the face. You know what I mean? Right. So right. that there's this, you know, I've, I've been in fights and I've, I've taken care of you. I've, I've, you know, so authenticity is what is, what is true to me, you know, in this moment, what would I do? What could I do here? You know, how would I handle this moment? You know, like you can't fucking kill me. Like, you know, Oh, he's instead of, he's, he's not being petulant. 
he's doing neuro-linguistic programming that, that, I, that he would have learned. So the research is to understand the history of, so he, Woods had, would have gone through the School of the Americas down there in, which go. was the place where special forces were trained. You're, you're, a, man, you're a man, so you're a man that does his research. You're a man that does his research. And that's... Well, do your homework. That's homework. That's so I it. know that. So if there I... There it is. No. Have I been through trainings? Yeah, I've been through. So what's this like? And so in this moment, what would I, if I, if I was stuck in a situation where I, I, I had to find a, a moment in time to make a move, I want to create doubt in somebody else. That's being an athlete. You know, that's talking trash as a hockey player. Hey, man, you know, you're not going to win tonight, man. Go home. You know, <laughs> but, yeah, something like that. Just put doubt in some for a fact. So when they come up to you, they, they, they're not quite so. If, in that moment, what I wanted to do is the, the guy with the, with, the, with the hat, with the gun, I wanted to put a doubt because we're going to make a move here. I want to put a doubt in his head and say, you can't kill me. He, he goes, of course I can. I can fucking shoot you right now. So, But I've distracted him from worrying about what's going on. He's now in his head thinking about arguing that he could kill me anytime he wants. And that, would, that to me would create the vacuum of action. So instead of having to get somebody who's aware, he's in his head like, no, he couldn't fucking do that. You know, you know how people are when you challenge them. It's like, no, I can fucking stab you right now. He's not focusing on the moment he's in his head. That was so that was that's authenticity to me. That that move that makes that makes sense, right? Absolutely. That's where that line came from. So in what so the preparation is to study the time to talk to people who've been there, get the nuances, like what, you know, how did you feel about that? And then, then draw from my own experience in life. Like, okay, when, when has, when's something like that been similar for me? Oh yeah, I almost died here. Oh, I fell off this fucking ice cliff and I was hanging out by, oh, okay, that feel, I know that feeling. You know, oh, hey, I got a, you know, I, I got a fishing hook stuck through my finger. I had, to, I had to kind of snip it out and take it out. And there's certain things you do. I've cut myself really badly with a knife. What does that feel like? You know, I've been tired. I've been, I've been lost on, on tops of mountains. I've been, you know, I've been cold. I've been hot. I've been beat up. You, I've been. You got stuck on a plane having to watch fucking Maverick. Yeah, I get stuck <laughs> in a plane having to watch fucking Maverick. A trauma <laughs> which I may never, you know, get over again. So the point is, authenticity means you, you, you draw on your personal depth of. of of you recognize the situation and you, what would I do? How would I do that? You know, that's awesome. And then you, you know, but you got to come to understand, you try to understand the circumstances, the times, the history and all the, all the connective tissue. And then you sit down and you put yourself in that place. That's why I say, go back to reading. The more you read, the more you create mental images and the stronger mm -hmm. you get when you have to create a future for yourself. Now this machinery work. Like, and I start reading, did you hear that, you illiterate window-licking fucks out there? Get fucking literate. Get fucking good. Get fucking gooder at English, you fucking illiterate fuck. Get gooder. Like, get gooder. What the fuck is wrong with you guys, dude? Like, so, I see your texts. We see your messages. Like, it, like, I literally feel like I get hit over the head with a hammer sometimes trying to read the messages. Yep, like, you yeah. guys really, really need to, like, get literate. So, my... So my my last question, um, and this, um, did you get to personally work with Ed Harris, Ice Cube, and Sam Worthington during the no, production? No, they never showed up. No, the um, the again, I wasn't supposed to be Woods. They Activision wanted a star. 
Um, a guy mm-hmm. named Dave Anthony decided, the guy who's the head of the studio, and he goes, no, 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 Burns is that guy. And there is tremendous amount of conflict having me there because they, they, they needed stars. And Woods is such a huge character, but the director said, look at, no, no, look at this shit. This is the guy. We, this is the guy. And then they finally said, well, and he's a lot cheaper than a star too. So, you know, there, there's, there's a fiscal thing here, but so uh, Sam... And all those guys, they never came to set. I worked with a guy named Andrew Hawks, great utility actor. He's been in everything. Uh, Jeremy Dunn, again, he's a, a mocap. These guys would learn the lines, and they're and uh, the guy who and who's the guy who played Bowman was um, the fuck's his name? Oh my god, come on! I hate to see he's such a great actor. Bowman. He's, he's in the ship. Ice Cube. Well, no, Ice Cube. Never, Ice Cube was never was never on. Um, Set, Physically never. there. Yeah. Why well, So basically I had like, there's three or four actors who were great um, with me. We had great relationships, which is why the relationships on camera are so good because we were, you know, we, we worked together for months. We're, it's like, we're friends, you know? And the guy who played, uh, who did the, who worked with me across Andrew Hawks played, actually you can see this. I had this video of the original character who did it. He was great. He was a he's a he's a great actor to be around, and the you know even what's his name on uh, Reznov, he he he, oh, he recorded his, yeah he recorded his lines in Vancouver. He wasn't even in, in L.A. when he did it. So yeah, I, I, I our paths never crossed. Sam, Ed, those guys, you know, I'm I was there, you know, like what the fuck is this guy doing up there? You know, even when <laughs> I won the VGA, they they had a uh, there's a great thing from um, Dave Anthony talking about how did this guy, who's nobody, get the VGA over all these other stars? And the, he paid me a great compliment for that, you know. But that was Dave Anthony. So I, I, I exist. I'm here today with you guys because of Dave Anthony. No other reason. He fought for me wow. every step of the way. They wanted to fire me every fucking chance they could. He, he said no. Thank so, you, David Anthony. Thank you. David, oh, thanks. <laughs> I, I, he's, I owe him, man. I owe, the, I owe that guy. Yep. And our final question for the, for the show, what mistakes have you made in your field that you would warn the up-and-coming actors, actresses? Um, I would not steal your experience of fucking up because you're not going to learn what you need. You don't know what you don't know until the moment comes when you don't know it and you need to know it. That okay? sound familiar? Does that sound familiar, guys? It should. You got your DD-214. That should sound real fucking familiar. He's preaching it right now. That's it, man. That's the deal. So what I would say is um, do the fucking work. Do uh, Know your place. Like Know what you're doing. And mm-hmm. get over yourself fast, man. Learn to love the process. Learn to love the audition. Because, you know, it's a, it's a 99% failure rate. Learn to embrace every time you fuck up, embrace it and follow it. Um, and don't worry about being a star. You, you can't control that. Okay. Don't worry about that. Be authentic. Be authentic. If you can. But other than that, I'm not going to fucking say um, anything other than that. Go out there, get out there and do it. Just fucking do it. Get out there and do it. Go on a fucking street corner and do it. Go out, go, go fucking go do. I've, when I first started in, in earnest, my goal was to do one project a week for a year. 
So I did. I didn't care what it was. I, I, I'm in some of the worst fucking projects, the, the horrible movies, because you got to get out there and test yourself. You <laughs> got to go out there, fuck, make mistakes, fall down, get dirty, get up, figure out what went wrong, what went right, and do it again until it becomes a craft. Which, unless you start doing it, and, and you don't need you don't need a fucking you don't need to be on General Hospital or Call of Duty. Go in your backyard, get your fucking camera, and start shooting. Oh, that's when you that, get. That's how that, I did it. I just where you get into the, uh, the art and the science, right? Art, What's the that? art. That's like that's where you get in like the difference between the art, the art and the science, right? Like that's like yeah, yeah. It, it, like, it, unless you do it, you don't know what you don't know. Get out there and make mistakes. You know, embrace your mistakes, but make mistakes every day. Don't don't wait for and don't wait for someone else to do it for you. Your agent doesn't matter. I didn't have an agent when I booked this. I booked it on my own. I booked Call of Duty. Most stuff I book, I get on my own. I, yeah. I bring I bring jobs to my manager to manage. I, I got to manage because I, I got sick of negotiating for myself. It's too hard. It's too awkward. That's why I hired somebody. Your your agent is only as good as your resume. People think, oh, yep. if I got an agent, you're just like, you know, fuck it. The agent is agent ain't shit until you become a star. Your agent is just taking your resume and throwing it into the, the into the fucking void into the well with a hundred other people. That's all they're doing. They're throwing. <laughs> Here, here, here's, here's a resume. He's a good kid. You know, it, it doesn't mean anything. What means something is do the work, get out there, get good at it, and then somebody's going to find you. So if you're good at this, so somebody will find you. Fuck yeah. And on that note, uh, before we get to our final thought, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the show. You Absolutely. are, to, to guys like us, you are, you are a legend. Oh, we, thank you. you. You know, a lot of us, we grew, we, you know, we, when Black Ops came out actually 12 years ago this year. Yeah. I mean, this week, this week, this 12 week. years ago, this week on the 9th. Um, it's actually kind of coincidental that you're here with us this week and we're talking about Black Ops and having you here. You had a storied career. You are an even more fantastic person. I, I oh, couldn't thanks, be more man. than happier to have you on. Where can we, where can we find you for those who want to follow you? Uh, let's see. The uh, Instagram is James C. Burns. Uh, Twitch, my, uh, probably playing today, is James C. Burns Twitch. <clears throat> and YouTube is Sarge's Corner. Fantastic. I got to say, I got to James C. Burns on Twitter. I, I'm, I'm, I'm really easy to find. If you, go, if you type my name in, in a Google, Google search, yep. I'm really easy to find, yep. unfortunately. Say, I'm going to have to hit you up. <laughs> I'm gonna have to he hit ends up, up on shows with a bunch of degenerates like us. <laughs> I, I, was, I was just gonna say I'm gonna have to hit you up uh, a, after after the show after we wrap up because uh, if you ever if you ever come through Kansas City, please let me know. Uh, I'm I'm unlike, unlike these fine gentlemen that I uh, that, that I do my podcast with or excuse me our podcast with. Um, I, uh, I I didn't play I never played the game so like to me you, you're the dude that I would like to have a pint with. So like, if you're ever through Kansas City, like you and me are gonna have to, like, to. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to. Love to uh, treat you. Treat you uh, to some barbecue and some fucking pints, dude. But, so. All right, barbecue. When you say barbecue, I'm in. I don't care. It's fucking barbecue. Uh, I'm in. Kansas City. Although, I, I I live in Kansas City, so you just let me know. You just let I me have know. One thing I'm I'm gonna ask you guys for help with. I am I am I am shifting into um back into a music career. I've got I've I've got a. I've, got a bunch of music coming out and i'd love to send it to you guys and if you like it maybe promote it for me we, we would be more than happy to review it on dd214 game you wanted podcast. to we could even do a, a live a live show for your audience if you wanted to i got i would I get, 
I'm doing a, uh, I'm doing a, I have two things. I have my, my original stuff I'm doing. And then I got all the Call of Duty Christmas music that I write. I got I, I do <laughs> Call so of I Duty Christmas oh my fucking God. That's fucking perfect. Oh my fucking God. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I, I got a t-shirt. I got a t-shirt upstairs like right now. It said it literally says too easy on it. Like we can that's too easy. <laughs> that's yeah. that's fun. That sounds fun. We like having I fun. I can't believe you guys that did not track down my Christmas music. My my Call <laughs> of Duty Christmas music. You guys have seen the videos? There's like five of them. All we did, we saw your original band from way back in the day, and we tried to track down that. We didn't look any further into it, and that is an oversight on the production side. Go, go uh, see what you missed. Go disqualified. Disqualified. I had, I had, uh, had one song called So This Is Krampus, and then I, there's like, nice. there's like four, you got a song about Krampus, song. dude? Video. They had video. Fuck yeah. Oh. That gets me fucking pumped up, dude. You got a song about Krampus, dude. Fuck yeah, bro. Fuck listen to, yeah. Listen to Krampus. Yeah. It's a video. <laughs> oh, I can't fucking wait. Hell yeah. What you I got, see, John? I'm, I'm writing I a new Philippe. one. I, I, I got two new Christmas songs I'm working on right now. I hope to have six done for a Christmas concert. That's, that's my mission this week. And I've, I just wrapped up. Uh, I got I got 12 songs for the album uh, that I'm doing now. I, dude, I, I Jesus Christ. Like, I'm... That sounds like a I, lot of fun to me, dude. It sounds well, like a lot of fun to me. We're coming into the holidays too, but thank you so much again, Jay. It is oh, your I week the for the final thought. Oh, oh shit! What? What can, is it? Can you send that link and I'll put it in the chat? Yeah, do it. Do it. Yeah. Play, play. So this is Krampus. I'm proud of that song. Yeah. Please. That's fucking good. What were, what were you saying, John? I apologize, man. I got, I got a little. Oh, I was saying that you are the final thought. For this episode, let's find oh. this Krampus song. Okay. All right. Well, um, real quick before we do the final thought, I just wanted to make sure that we um, next week we are going to have our old pal Ronnie J doing a part two, current drill sergeant on the trail down at beautiful Fort Sill. He's going to be here next week live. All right. We're going to freaking trade. We're going to trade stories uh, off the trail. Uh, he was here about a year ago. For those of you guys that don't know. And uh, he was just getting ready to uh, start his time as a drill sergeant. So now we're going to trade uh, uh, stories from the trail. And then me and Ronnie served together uh, on uh, actually two different tours in Afghanistan. So we'll, uh, we'll have that next week. The week following, uh, two weeks from today, we're going to have Mike J from Running With Scissors, uh, one of the uh, developers, producers um, of Postal. He is going to be with us in two weeks. Uh, James. God damn, bro. Like, please come see me in Kansas City. Dude, I got, got you. you. I got, I got, I got you. you. I got a free meal. meal. Barbecue. Beer. Like, please dude. come see me in Kansas City, dude. Please let me know when you're here. Like, I got you, homie. I got you. All right? I tell you, like, I, I let it. I, I'm, I'm, at some point, I'd like to do a cross-country tour with the music stuff. So right. I'll, make, I'll, I'll put Kansas City on the list. I do, I do security at, like, Chiefs games and Royals games and concerts. And, like... There's a beautiful little venue here called the Midland. It's called the Midland Theater, and it's downtown Kansas City, man. And like, if we could, if we Dude. could make it so that you could have a show there. Like, how Dude, we're friends now, man. We're, how we are friends. We're gonna do this. We are friends. We're gonna do this. We can make it happen. Like this. This is exactly what DD Two Fourteen Gaming and, and our community is about. We're not. We're not about promoting individuals. We're about fucking promoting each other. Right. This is what we do here. All right. It's not about one fucking individual. We're very decentralized here. Okay. 
Like, love it. I want to reiterate that also before the final thought. DD214 Gaming, very decentralized. This is a platform for you to freaking do other things for yourself as well. All right. We will promote you. We love you guys. Like, this is what we're here for. So now we'll go into the final thought. All right, guys. We're fucking one week away. One week away from all those fucking free meals. Free 99. All right. You got your DD214. You get your free meal. Next Monday is going to be Veterans Day, which means next Sunday when we have Ronnie J, Army Drill Sergeant on the show, is going to be the Marine Corps birthday. And I think it's very fitting here at DD214 Gaming that we have an Army Drill Sergeant on here on the Marine Corps birthday. All right? Because you guys get too much (laughs) press. You guys get too much press. All right? I'm just putting it out there. You guys get too much press. All right? But you're very, very good. You guys are like Tom Cruise. You're really good at promoting yourselves. Like, I love you guys. No, I'm just kidding. Now, so... (laughs) To wrap up, to, to wrap up our final thought, guys, we take this part, we take this part very, very seriously every week. So here's what I want you guys to do. We're getting close to the holidays. We're getting close to Thanksgiving. We're getting close to a lot of feels. Okay. There are people out there that love you. There are people out there that care. Okay. Do not ever feel like you are alone. Okay. Life is going to throw some shit at you that is going to be just unmerciful. Okay, your balls are going to be shredded. You're going to be bleeding from a fucking vag you never fucking knew you had. You're weak in the knees, you're spitting blood, and you're on the ground. Okay, that is not the time to give up. That is the time to get back to your fucking knees. Okay, stand the fuck back up onto your feet. Get to a goddamn phone and fucking call for help. All right. There are numbers you can call. You can fucking dial 988. You can text 988. Okay. If you are in some sort of crisis, but you have a little bit more, um, I guess, self-awareness, you can call 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255. There are licensed behavioral health specialists on the phone 24 hours a day waiting to talk to you. I have personally dialed that number. I have personally been on the phone with one of those fine people, the fucking angels in the void. Okay, the voices in the wilderness for 45 minutes. Okay, just because they care. You guys can do this. Okay, one is fucking too many. Okay, I wear fucking KIA bracelets every fucking day of my fucking life. And I probably will until the fucking day I fucking go down to die. If I had a fucking KIA bracelet for fucking every person that I've lost to suicide, they'd go up to my fucking shoulder. Get help, guys, because people care. You are worth it. All right? Future you will thank you. I promise you. Mm-hmm. As a gentleman who's about to turn fucking 42 years old in a couple of months, okay, I'm telling you right now, it's hard to see what you don't see. And just like James said earlier, you don't know what you fucking don't know. And I'm not just talking about the portion of where we stay alive for ourselves. 20 years from now, there might be somebody fucking down the road that needs your fucking help. You won't be there if you're in a fucking box. All right. When it's our turn to go back to the stars, we will go back to the fucking stars. That is guaranteed. 10 out of 10 people die on a long enough timeline. We ain't got to fucking take it away from ourselves. And we don't got to take it away from the fucking people that love us. Call someone, get help. It is okay to reach out. 
Okay. I am infantry of the fucking infantry. All right. I've done three tours in Afghanistan. I've got two and a half years time there. Okay. That does not make me a fucking badass at all. Okay. If I can call for fucking help, you can call for fucking help. If you just need to fucking vent some shit out, you don't, you don't have to be fucking suicidal or homicidal. If you just have to get some shit off your fucking chest, call those motherfucking numbers, reach out, touch someone so they can touch you so that 20 years from now, when somebody else fucking needs your help, you will fucking be there and you'll have a fucking story to tell fucking of how you got through it when it was your turn. John, Joe, James, goddamn, thank you. It was fucking beautiful fucking being here this week with you guys. Morale is high. I got to go do uh, some security at uh, Arrowhead. I love you guys very, very much. For those of you guys watching, I'm really good at fucking sneaking water into my fucking beers, dudes, and all that, okay? I love you guys. Great <laughs> to meet you, brother. Nice to meet you. We'll finish it off. Pleasure to meet you. Um, the Christmas music and John. Fuck yeah. Jingle was just called Sarge. Met him in case on armed with the car. Running and gunning and dropping the bombs. Looks the kind of shit, baby, this is now. Jingle was, Jingle was just called Sarge. Spreading his cheer with Cuban cigars. Cussing and busting through enemy lines. As you can kill me in time. And it's a great time for a great line You'll never know what he'll say It never gets old when we're told We're gonna take that hand away A drop <laughs> zone, golf and dive will get you your skin You play now as Sergeant Woods Crank up the attitude and level your Glock that's the jingle woods rock. You can't kill me, my goddamn onion. <laughs> Here we go. See you in 168 hours. Jingle woods, jingle woods, I got him an elf. Her name is Savannah, but here's something else. She makes his granddaughter, and she's smoking hot too. Black ops, four guys, playing to do. And jingle woods, jingle woods, it's not an onion, it's a T bone steak. He's very well done. Co-war is grooving with Adler and Bell. Ray Gun Ronnie as well. And it's a great time for a great.